Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Seberg, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be talking to Rainer Draht. He is a professor at the Pforzheim University, architect of Automation ML, and author of four Automation ML books, as well as a board member of the Automation ML Association. Hello, Rainer. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm fine. So, Rainer, please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about the pain points which drove you and others to initiate uh, the before-mentioned activity between AML, EV, IDTA, OPCF, and VDMA. Yes, thank you very much for the introduction. My research background is uh, in uh, automation technology and methods, how to improve automation engineering towards seamless automation engineering. So engineering of automation systems is a creation process. Many people are usually involved with own engineering tools, and these tools are usually incompatible with one another, and there are many of them. If we look in our office world, Peter, when you ask me for a picture, I just sent you a JPEG. When you ask me for a document, I just sent you a PDF. Yeah, we both don't care about what operating systems we use and the tools are irrelevant because it's all data-centric. The tool landscape is irrelevant, but in engineering, it's vice versa. There are lots of islands with gaps in between where data is lost and data are redeveloped. The bridges between those islands are usually do-it-yourself solutions. They are proprietary and often expensive software interfaces. And there is a need to improve interoperability. It's a relevant cost driver because data exchange between all these tools is relevant. So the starting point of, of this initiative is a lack of interoperability. What is interoperability? It is the ability of devices, software and systems to communicate with each other in a meaningful way, and most engineering tools are not designed to interact with one another. So we all agree that, that industrial interoperability in future needs, as just as a prerequisite, standardized digital object models as a language to understand each other. And therefore, proprietary interoperability solutions cannot solve interoperability between devices and software of different vendors. And this is very similar to mind models. When I show you a picture of an apple, uh, you know what I, what means because you have a mind model of an apple and we can immediately start talking about apples. And if you sit down on your chair, you don't care about whether it wears your weight or not because you have a mind model of your chair. And all these mind models in our brain form the culture of, of a society and they allow to interact with one another without explaining the rules all and over again. Yeah. And this kind of uh, standardization is also needed in industry. We need common model. What is a signal? What is a pump? What's a robot? This needs harmonization. And harmonization and standardization is a huge effort. And if you are in these standardization committees, you see they fight for every property hours, for hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the issue is uh, that uh, the automation ML data format and the asset administration shell and the OPC UA follow the same concept to do this harmonization. All these technologies develop and offer harmonized and standardized object models, and they look from a Berg perspective, they look very similar. Modeling of types and templates, 
and they create instances of them to ensure that everybody is speaking the same language. So finally, we have three solutions, and they all seem to solve the same problem space with different technology approaches. And this raises confusion in industry. Do these technologies compete? How to go forward? We really observe double modeling, reinventing the wheel, model overlaps. We observe consequently double development efforts, chaos and data models, the need of expensive synchronization efforts to moderate and to map between these different models, and frustration in industry. And we, we see that no single organization can solve this problem, so industry needs a common message. And so I initiated and moderated a mind exchange, and consequently the OPC Foundation, the IDTA, and the VDMA joined to find a common ground for a consensus. That's a great introduction. So we are the home of industrial interoperability, as we say, but you know we're not the only one. And we will hear today from you, Reiner, how we harmonize with other homes of uh, industrial and other interoperability. So you already mentioned several uh, specific communication technologies. I believe, I assume that you, listener, will have heard of one or two of them that maybe you will know more or less about one or two of them. But maybe you, Reiner, can uh, therefore give us a, a short introduction to each of them. Automation ML is um, an object-oriented modeling language. So it's a language where you can object-oriently model systems. And it's a data format at the same time. For, so you can store the data on your hard disk and you can send them, you can archive them, and you can calculate differences between different versions. This is very nice for data exchange and it's invented for the data exchange. So UML is more or less a graphical language that helps people to model the the problem space and the technical system. And they have graphical tools, graphical language elements to sketch the object world onto a sheet of paper on the wall. It is a brain-to-brain -brain interoperability tool. And automation ML is exactly not UML. It is a tool-to-tool -tool interoperability tool. It has no graphical expression. It is storing data in an XML format that machines can read, meaning you need all the object models up front. So UML would, could be a starting point for the modeling, but you store the data in automation there. So finally, it's a file or a stream. It, there is no software stuck behind. There is no functionality. Automation has no functionality. It's just about persistence. Okay. So an OPC UA is also similar from the spirit. It has also the possibility to object-oriented model the world or model data structures. But OPC UA from its character, it's a software framework. It's, yeah, it provides object-oriented data modeling and it provides access to operative data, including live data, historical data. It has a baked-in security and scalability from the show floor to the cloud. And it's easily extensible like to field and cloud with REST. Yeah, the OPC UA REST is available since 2020, but it's getting more attention right now. And there is no conflict between automation ML which is used in engineering, and OPC UA, which is more or less used in operation. Because where it's decided to use this or that OPC UA companion specification in engineering. So in engineering and automation, well, you possibly find the targeted OPC UA companion specification, and then it's used to ramp up the object model for OPC UA for the operation. 
And the acid administration shell is the third player here. It also has an object-oriented meta model for data exchange, but the focus is different. It runs in the cloud, does not run on the shop floor. It has a focus on lifecycle spanning information. Okay. And many working groups are currently developing sub-models to model several aspects of an asset. And the key idea is to have a digital representation of any device or any software of any asset in the cloud. You can find it in the cloud. You can explore it in the cloud and you can ask it for a cloud. It has a table of content and you can ask for the content. You find the geometry model of the robot and you find a function log for a motor and you find an installation guide for this and that. But it's not invented for exchanging real-time data and it's not invented to do the detail engineering exchange that Automation L provides. So the asset administration shell is somehow a technology in the cloud that helps people across the life cycle of an asset to find all the information they need. And the asset administration shell is usually delivered by a product vendor as part of its product in future. Thanks. That's a great introduction to any and of three of these technologies. And as I said, you know, each of you listener will probably, you know, have worked with maybe one or two of them. In addition, I personally have worked with UML in the past, but that's not the one that we're talking about today. But very good to have this first, as you mentioned before, kind of mind model of each of these three technologies. They have similarities, you said, they have differences. And uh, that is exactly what we're going to be talking, what you will be talking and explaining us in more detail about today, Ryan. So as they do have you know, certain differences, but also similarities, why then would you say that they do not compete with each other? Even when they are similar, they are used in different phases of the life cycle. Automation ML is used in engineering. It interconnects multiple engineering tools across the engineering tool chain. It is specialized in, in the iterative engineering data exchange. It's invented to perform many data exchange loops and iterations. It has baked-in functionality for versioning, for data tracing. It has multi-language support. It allows to reference documents. And it has a packaging format to pack all information that is needed for engineering into one package. There is no software stack and there is no functionality. It's just, it's mainly then, in the end, it's a file. And OPC UA is not used in engineering. It's used during the operation of a device, of a machine, of a plant, or of application. Its nature is to be a software that provides access to an object model. It's somewhat a living thing. It allows access to live data. It has software functionality as authorization, security, real-time, and many more. There is no overlap with automation at all. Oh, yes, there is two overlaps. ML data from engineering can be utilized to simplify the setup of an OPC US server, so AML can reduce the efforts. And ML can be used in the new OPC UAFX. This means it is an offline configuration of field devices. So you see no competition. And the asset administration shell is uh, can be split into two types. There is type one, which we name the passive administration shell. It's mainly a file that provides static data about an asset. Yeah? It allows a standardized modeling of a digital product can be depicted as a product catalog. It can be extended to a product catalog. Yeah, many asset administration shells of a, a vendor can form 
digital product catalog that can be found in the internet, can be explored, and can be downloaded and used. And here the AIS focuses on, on providing static information about the asset directly from the vendor. And the second type of the asset administration shell is the, we call it the active asset administration shell. It's a software abstraction layer between the industry four system and a proprietary asset. You can imagine this as a piece of brain that you put on top of a stupid old device, maybe a 200 years old device, and you make, make it smart that way. And it can communicate with the industry four system above, and it can communicate with the proprietary device below. So finally, it makes a machine getting a common industry four interface, and it has a connection to its asset, which is technology open. The asset administration shell can be understood as an information point for data about the asset. And the key innovations that the asset administration shell bring, it is searchable in the internet, it's explorable, it's a central information point for the asset, it's useful for all phases across the life cycle of an asset, of a product or a system, and it's a generic concept across vendors. That's why it's so useful. And in sum, they all are designed to perform different tasks in different situations. Therefore, from their inner nature, they do not compete, but they can be used in a wrong way, and then they do compete. The asset administration shell is assumed to directly control an asset to perform automation tasks that competes with OPC UA, and it reinvents what OPC UA already offers for years. And when the asset administration shell is assumed to model all engineering details and is even more used as a database for all engineering tools, then it competes with automation well, and it maybe competes with the databases of the engineering tools. And it has to remodel all the thousands of engineering details, again, this, in the submodels, resulting in a mess. So I understand that uh, each of them, and loads of, loads of details here, and maybe that's the reason for it, I, I don't know, but each of them can, they could, used in a wrong way, but I'm thinking then why why should somebody use it in a wrong way? Is it just lack of, you know, knowledge that we are, you know, giving to our listeners right now? Yes. The the easy answer is because they can. Ideas are free and software engineers are creative people. <laughs> and lots of research money is inspiring you know, what else can we do mindset. And the IT world has changed dramatically. So today, it's no problem anymore to develop software. It's easy to start software and, and model development. And it's, uh, it sounds so promising to replace a classical industrial communication system by internet technology, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. But when we look at the quality of internet technology, the performance, the real-time capabilities, the reliability, yeah, and to control a robot from an asset administration shell from the cloud looks like a dream. Yeah, but then this administration shell does not know the local conditions, the environment, the people around, and it's all about safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are use cases, on the other hand, where it might be useful in non-critical situations. Yeah, for instance, controlling the temperature of a building could be a valid use case for cloud control. Yeah. But the devil is always in the detail. So modeling and software development is simple today, hence the value of these technologies is no, no more in the modeling. It's in the content. It's in the harmonization of the models. It's in agreements between companies and countries. And here we need the domain competency. And where do you find them? You find them in the specialized organizations.
So tell us a little bit about that. So because that's what I understand. Yeah, on one hand, you can if you want to. You say, yeah, ideas are free. I think we've got a wonderful song, very old song that says exactly that ideas are free. But so I believe you achieved a solution for that, right? Yes. Communication needs orientation and guidance, and we believe that neither the Automation ML Society nor the IDTA or PC Foundation or the VDMA can do this alone. We need a common message, and one of the key the key messages, these organizations talk together and they have developed a big picture. Industry needs a common message, and this is what we have developed. Okay, this sounds great. So tell us, what are the core elements of this solution? Yeah, after 18 months of collaboration, we developed a big picture about the interoperability and how it should be, and we have developed 10 application recommendations as a guidance how to combine these three technologies in a meaningful way. It's a discussion paper, and each organization explains its technology and what the focus is. And the big picture is that the AA's information household is split. And we introduce new elements. So these elements are not that new, but we, we highlight these as new elements. So the asset administration shell information household is split into sub-models for all the different categories of information. Uh, currently, working groups develop sub-models. And we propose to split these sub-models into the sub-models and detail models. And the submodels hold all the lifecycle relevant data, and the detail models are about the vast amount of any details. And so the submodels reference the detail models. And the detail models come from established organizations and are already there. Just use it. And there are many benefits. Yeah. If we split the information household in this way, then we can simplify the submodel development. And the standardization of the submodel development of asset administration shell submodels dramatically because we don't have to agree on thousands of engineering details in the submodel. Yeah. We just need to agree on the life cycle relevant data only. And we reuse the existing models of the different domains for the engineering and simulation and for the FMUs and so on. So finally, we reuse and integrate existing models of different domains from the different experts and organizations. Uh -huh. And this leads to an architecture of outsourcing data. The submodel references an automation ML file, and this is not new. We do it already with the MTP. And uh, we can reference, we should reference simulation models. Please don't redevelop simulation models in a submodel. Right. Makes no sense. FMUs, even proprietary data. As a source of competition of business and innovation, it's important to be able to be referenced. PLC project of a proprietary vendor might must, must be able to be referenced. And finally, we developed 10 application recommendations to apply this. Okay, I'm looking forward to understand what they are. Maybe you can give an example or two and let us know what the key messages are of those application recommendations. Yeah, the key messages are avoid double modeling and consequently avoid double development. Don't reinvent the wheel. Use the AAS for exchanging data relevant over the life cycle of an asset, for instance, configuration data. 
use OPC UA for operational data and use automation well for the exchange of object models in engineering. And before you model and before you develop some models or before you model anything, ask the domain experts, look what's already there, reuse what's existing and integrate their expertise. There's, it's always more than you believe. Avoid competency conflicts because these are expensive in the end. Don't reinvent the wheel. That sounds great. And I believe very important in combination with, with knowing them, which wheels exist, so to say, right? So sounds like you've been making good progress. And you mentioned that you've published a specification already. Yeah, we have developed a discussion paper and a team across these organizations. And we started a review phase where all of these organizations gave valuable feedback and we finalized it all in a discussion paper. And this is about to be published at the Hannover Fair next week in Hannover 2023. And it's available for download from the four organization web pages. Um, and there you find it for free. Right. So depending on when we're going to air the podcast, you are exactly right, because we may be able to air this just a day or two before the Nova Fair. If not, it will be directly afterwards. One way or the other, as Ryan says, you, you can get the paper available from the organizations. We'll talk about that later. So when you recommend OPC UA, AAS, AML, what about other technologies? Do you exclude classic field buses or SysML, uh, many other technologies? I mean, you focus on specific organizations, right? No, the discussion paper was not written in this direction. It's not written in the way you use these technologies. It is written the other way around. If you use the asset administration shell and OPC UA and automation L, then use them in this way yeah? and, or in a certain way. OPC UA, Automation ML, and the Asset Administration Shell are, of course, not exclusive technologies. There are fantastic other technologies, right. uh, very uh, powerful interoperability technologies around. For instance, field buses are still there, and they will be there, and they are reliable, and they are established, and or other data formats are there. It's not about uh, competing with them. They are invited. The, the architecture we propose is compatible with all the other things. We have not mentioned them because how many of them you name, you will forget one. And that's why uh, we just focus on the data formats that are hosted by the mentioned organizations. And the initial point of the mind exchange was that it was discussed to remodel the complete MTP model in an IISX model. <laughs> it's terrible. This, this idea was an example of remodeling and how to not do it. So, and we go even further. We recommend that software implementations of the asset administration shell should provide a native support into detail model. Yeah, for instance, to create a deep search in an automation ML detail model right from the asset administration shell's perspective. The AIS should do the job of finding the data, not the end user. So AML gets transparently accessible this way. And the same, of course, applies to any other detail model we have a use for. So if I would like to start playing around, you know, do prototypes uh, already exist for this? Yes, there are a couple of prototypes available. Microsoft, Festo and Harting have developed such prototypes and they can present this 
You open the asset administration shell and you go deeper and deeper into the data structures and the transition from the AIS into automation is almost invisible. It all merges into one searchable information world. Since this is the OPC Foundation podcast, maybe I may ask, why is it that you chose OPC UA? No, well, um, I'm a professor. I'm not, I do not own or host any industry. I have not chosen OPC UA. It came to me. Okay. Yeah, the AML Society and the uh, OPC Foundation cooperate since a long time, very friendly and respectfully with each other. And uh, for instance, the OPC UA ethics is using the automation format for offline configuration of OPC UA field devices. OPC UA is somehow a natural partner in the list of interoperability technologies. And um, we both share initially the impression that might be competing with the asset administration shell. And I mentioned the 18-month of discussion. We took a couple of months just to find a ground for the consensus. And some protagonists redeveloped OPC UA concept into the asset administration shell, and some other protagonists redeveloped automation technologies into the asset administration shell, it was really time for clarification. There was frustration in the industry and we need to solve this. Okay, thank you very much for providing exactly this, at least let's say introduction into this uh, clarification. Nevertheless, I think we should stop here as far as the technical details go. Each uh, listener who wants to get a deeper understanding of the content of this discussion paper is invited to download it from the websites of the mentioned organizations. Uh, what is the feedback that you have received from industry so far? The current feedback from industry is very encouraging. The confusion is all around and they ask for guidance. They tell it to you openly or uh, in the background. Uh, the, the first point is that industry really appreciates that the four organizations have worked jointly together and have achieved a proposal for discussion. And the proposed information distribution between the asset administration shell, automation man, and OPCUA is very reasonable and helpful. And it helps industry to take development decisions. If you have no time to read the 22 pages, just look at the figure number 15 and read the 10 application recommendations. It's just one page. Just look at that. The introductory pages are for the explanation of the different technologies to get the ground for the consensus. And currently we invite further organizations to join our discussion because as more organizations participate, the stronger the message gets. Reiner, thank you very much for sharing your extensive knowledge regarding the achieved consensus, how to achieve interoperability by meaningful combination of AAS, AML, and OPC UA. If you, dear listener, want to learn more about the discussion paper, as we just suggest that you can visit the websites of any of the Automation ML, EV, IDTA, OPCUF, or PDMA and download it from there. If you want to learn more about the OPC UA technology or about the OPC Foundation, you may want to listen to any of the preceding OPC Foundation podcast editions or visit the website at opcfoundation.org. If you have a proposal for topics or interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, maybe you want to join one of the OPC companion specification working groups, or maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation or otherwise, please mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. 
we'll put the website URLs and the mail address in the podcast notes. It was great to have you with us today. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. And Reiner, thank you very much for having been my guest today. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.